Tanya for the third of Menachem of the first the story. There was a poor man that once came to Nachman of Chernobyl. Nachman of Chernobyl was a was a, a very famous tzaddik, a very righteous man who lived 200 years ago. And he's the ancestor of many Hasidic Rebbes, many of the Chabad Rebbes included. And this poor person came to collect um, charity. Nachman of Chernobyl let him in. He opened up a chest and gave him a very sizable donation. And the man, the man was happy. And on the way out, he noticed on the table in Reb Nachum's house a silver spoon. And he thought to himself, this must be worth quite a bit of money. And so without anyone noticing him or what he thought anyone noticing him, he took the silver spoon, slipped it in his pocket. But just as he did, a maid walked into the room, saw, he, saw what he did and started screaming. And said, this man stole, the, stole a silver spoon. He, of course, denied it. He said, I didn't know such thing. And she started screaming, how is that possible when Nachum gave you so much money already and then you steal from him from his own house? And it created a commotion. They're both screaming at each other. And Nachum steps out and says, what's going on? And the maid screams, this man just came and collected money from you. And then he stole one of your spoons right off the table. And the man said, it's not true. Well, it, it, at some point it became, it became very obvious that it was true. They found the silver spoon, or they discovered somehow, or maybe even admitted it. But he decided to go right on the offensive, and instead of saying, um, "I'm I'm sorry," he just straight up said, "Reb Nachum told me I'm allowed to take the spoon." Now everyone knew it was a lie, and they all turned to Reb Nachum to see what Reb Nachum was going to say. And Reb Nachum said, "I let him have the spoon." So now a regular person would have just, you know, taken that moment and got a lot of money from Malcolm as a, as a charitable donation. He also managed to get a free spoon and save himself from embarrass, embarrassment. But now this poor man decided to double down. And he said, I want compensation because this maid falsely accused me of taking the spoon. And Ramnachem had let me all along. I want to be compensated for the shame that I've just been put through. And he was a liar. And, he, you know, he had constructed an entire story that Ramnachem decided to... to to go along with, and Reb Nachum brought him in and said, you know what, I'll give you some money as compensation, and he asked forgiveness of this poor man. It's an incredible story. The Tanya so far is talking about the, our ability to um, shift from sadness to joy. We talked about an incredible woman, Hannah Nabiah, who prayed with extreme bitterness, or had extreme bitterness, and then began praying, and then prayed straight with, obviously, with joy, because we have to pray with, pray with joy. And then the altar says in last in yesterday's um, Tanya that the idea of being able to shift from sadness to joy instantaneously is not for the regular human being. Nowadays, we're emotionally, let's call it crippled. We don't have the ability to do that. And therefore, a person at best could, uh, could hope for having sadness at midnight or at least on Thursday night and then going in hours later for, his, for chakras and have the joy during davening. Chapter 11, I was going to say, you know what? The truth of the matter is a person could have not just one after the other, but a person can have both these emotions on the, at the same time. A person can have extreme sadness and extreme joy at exactly the same time. And the Al-Turb is going to give us two ways to, to show us in today's Tanya. But Amnam, for a person to have this humility, which is the lower level of Tshuva, as we spoke about over the past few weeks, and also this joy in Hashem, which is a higher level of Tshuva, both at the same time, 
The truth of the matter is, says al we already spoke about this in the first book of the Tanya. Chapter 34 of the Tanya says that this is possible. How is this possible? And the Tanya over there and now again gives a very simple illustration something people can relate to. And it's, it's, it
I've done the same sin a thousand times and I'm probably going to do a thousand more, but I really mean now that I won't, I'm going to try my best not to, because if you don't mean that, well, then it might not even be sugar. But you say, God, I really, I really mean it this time. But in the back of your head, you know, you know, the odds are, are not too favorable that I'm not going to repeat this. So you say, your mind, God's not going to, not God's not going to forgive me. But the truth of the matter is we have to believe, says Al-Tarabah, argues Al-Tarabah, that God forgives us. And if we really believe that God forgives us, well, that's a pretty happy experience then, because God has really forgiven us. We're good. And the Altarbah says, I'll bring you proof of it. Right after when we say, God, we're sorry in Shemineh. So we say, God, we're really sorry. Please forgive us. And then at the end of the, the end of the, the blessing, we saw about forgiveness. Say, Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you, God, who's gracious and forgives us in, 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 in abundance. Now, there's a rule like this. Whenever you have a doubt of a bracha, or you don't know what bracha something is, or you don't know whether you're, you're supposed to be saying a particular blessing, the rule is, suffix, bracha you don't make a blessing when you're in doubt. You don't. If you're doubtful about a, a particular blessing, you don't make that blessing because you don't want to say God's name in vain. So we, if we had any form of doubt whether God has forgiven us when we say sorry, and we say sorry three times a day, well, we wouldn't be making the blessing on it because we can't make a blessing if we're not certain that God's going to forgive us. And the fact that we make the blessing argues, argues the altar ever is an absolute proof that we have no doubt every single time we say sorry to God, God 100% forgives us on the spot. Doubtful bracha is, we always go with lenient. You don't want to make a, 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 a blessing in vain. There is absolutely no doubt at all whatsoever. That as soon as we say, God, forgive us and pardon us, we are absolutely forgiven. And Al-Tabah even drives it in further. He says, it's, what's interesting is, if we want to actually sin further, we would have Mashiach straight away. Like we say in the next blessing, right after telling God, God, thank you for forgiving us. Because we're certain we're forgiven. We actually say the next blessing is, we bless and say, you are the God that redeems the Jewish people. We're so convinced in our, our, our forgiveness given by God that we have to say, well, as soon as we do forgiveness, God brings Mashiach. Well, there you go. Now let's make a blessing about the, of God redeeming the Jewish people. Now, at the beginning, we, we explained that the human condition is not to forgive so easily. But the truth is, says human beings are supposed to forgive. Even though we naturally don't, we still have to forgive. Like in the story of Rev Nachman, he asked forgiveness from a man who clearly was not very good. Nachman of trouble. But the Altarbah says, according to the law, the truth is we always have to be. Right, we always have to forgive. And a person should not be cruel and not and withhold forgiveness. If someone says, can you forgive me? You need to say yes. And a person, even if it says, Gemara, a person cuts off the, the hand of his friend, and he still needs to forgive him. And if a person asks forgiveness for someone three times and he doesn't forgive him, he's not supposed he doesn't need to ask him anymore. Now, there's a very famous story in the Gemara where um, Shaul had wronged a group of people, people called the Givonim, who had, who had, who had tricked um, Yoshua into converting to the Jewish people. And the they felt very wrong by King Shaul. There was a decree on the Jewish people. David Hamelach realized it had to do with the fact that the Gevoinim was still angry at the Jewish people. And it was a, it was a, it was a, 
a, a big desecration of God's name, let's call it. So Governor Malch goes and says, please forgive my father-in-law. Please forgive King Shaul, the Jewish people, for what had happened. And they refused to forgive. And it caused an incredible amount of damage. And Governor Malch was so shocked by the fact that these people just refused to give forgiveness. And he said... Because they have no forgiveness inside of them, they're just—they're not Jewish people. They don't—they're not—they don't have the characteristics of Jewish people. And they cannot join the Jewish people. So a very serious thing. God said, David said these people can never join the Jewish people. They still lived in the area, but they weren't able to join the Jewish people because they don't have mercy. And people that don't have mercy, what's not a Jewish train? You have to have mercy. And this is a very classic moment. Like it's mentioned in the Gemara in the eighth chapter of Yavamos. And if we are expected to have mercy, God, of course, is expected. To have mercy. In conclusion, what are we saying in today's time? We're saying like this. When a person does a lower level tshuva, we say, well, this is just a sad experience. The higher level tshuva is all about the joy and enjoying with and enjoy the joy within godliness, let's call it. The lower level of tshuva is reconnecting the all the damage that was done. That's a really sad experience. It was damaged. It was, it was, you know, we need to mitigate that, we need to fix that up. So that's a really sad experience. Argues Al but no. This might be some bitterness involved, but the truth of the matter is it's a really exciting experience. Why is it an exciting experience? Because you're going in knowing with absolute certainty that your father's going to forgive you, that the king is going to forgive you, the kid loves you, and he's assured you that I 100% is going to forgive you, whether it's because God is merciful and we know with a, with a fact that as we say, that God forgives us when we make a bracha on us, or whether the fact that God expects us to be merciful, and of course God's infinitely more merciful than us. So in conclusion, Dr. was saying, we're able to have the experience of bitterness and the experience of joy exactly at the same time, and they're not in conflict one with another. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya Tanya Shalom Mishra Shishanavi Yavchad Nishalom and Shalom 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 Shalom